get into it. Hey, Leo, this is Derek. How are you doing? Hey, Derek. I'm good, good. Uh, just got back from a week. Um, first time visiting there, first time on the Metro North. So that was a bit of an experience. Right. I heard it was a two-hour commute. Right, yeah. So we... Uh, so we got on at Grand Central and went as far as the Metro North goes. So there's a town called Passaic, which is in like upstate New York. Um, maybe like even by the time you get to uh, Westchester, you keep going about like two or three times as long as that. Wow. How was the, uh, I heard that and you guys were learning a lot. Yeah, so so we stayed at this, yeah, it was, it was kind of like an inn, like a hotel. They had this whole estate by the lake, um, like several properties there. Um, the, it was a lot of learning. So, you know, we, I, I was hoping to get a week of, uh, of, uh, of later mornings, but we would start at 8am every day. So still up at seven every day. Um, and yeah, we would be learning pretty intensely until like 6pm every day. But it was it was a cool place. Uh, there was like they had pool table, air hockey table, etc. Like free free wine and beer to go around. So it was a good time. Do you ever think that inspirations? Do you think they are very effective, or do you think so much of that is used inefficiently? All that time and the effort to put a bunch of people into a hotel where they're expected to learn things a lot of the content might not be useful how did you feel about the content what you got out of it well so i mean let me start by saying that this this training actually used to be in the uk they would fly everyone in the us or anyone globally um to this location in the uk and so i guess they made that determination that that really wasn't worth it and even though we did have two or three people flying from london to this one it was generally just people coming from New York. So there wasn't much cost in terms of transporting people there. But in terms of like taking a week off work, I'd say that since this is just something that happens, you know, like once in your career at this particular place, it's not a big deal. I mean, this thing happens like three times a year for like anyone who's joined in that, in that time since the last one. And so if you're only having like five or 10% of the office out just for one week, three times a year, I, I mean, I don't think it's that much different to, you know, people taking vacation or whatever. And I guess, especially for my job or a lot of other people's jobs, it's not necessarily like a daily process, which has to get done day in, day out. It's more like the timing is more flexible and, if you want to just stay longer some weeks and get more done and like, which leaves less for the next week, that's fine. It's since there's not like a set list of tasks to get done every day. That sounds that I think you guys probably made a better decision by going to Connecticut rather than, than the UK. I think you guys save a lot more time, even if it's like a two hour commute, that's a lot more time too that can be used to learn. Um, right, yeah. So we went up on we went up on the Sunday night, like on our own time, and then came back on Friday evening again on our own time. So 
And I mean, yeah, personally, especially since I'm from the UK, uh, I definitely would have rather just gone to Connecticut. Like, I felt kind of bad for these guys coming from the UK. So, like, they would have been up really early that day, got a flight to JFK, then tried to navigate the subway all the way from JFK to Grand Central, and then take and then take two more Metro North lines. Um and just end up in the middle of nowhere. And we got there and we got there in the pitch black, so it really felt there was like no civilization around and they were probably wondering like like what the hell are we doing here? Why do we just travel like maybe like twenty four hours straight just to get here? We're right now recording each other using AirPods, right? Right, right. And I recently just purchased AirPods. And I have to say, they're probably the best Apple product that has come out in the past three years. It's so yeah, versatile. Man. And it only took you two or three years to realize, right, Derek? Exactly. Only two, two or three years that I could actually consider recommending an apple product i mean i'm surprised you decided to buy them at this time because it's it seems to be pretty pretty common knowledge or like common thought that they're going to be like making a little update soon whether it's just to the there's two schools of thought maybe it's either just going to be the charging case in order to allow for wireless charging which will coincide with the air power mat which they're thinking of releasing so this air power mat, they announced it, I guess, when they announced the iPhone 10, so last September, um, and they did not, they right. they slated it for a 2018 release, but there's still nothing, and like in some cases they've like removed just any mention of it from certain places. Right. In fact, um, I was waiting for an AirPod 2 to come out. I was thinking that maybe it would have came out during the October 30th uh, event that Apple was you know, right. hosting. And then once I saw that they did not release any new AirPods and they were just releasing those, you know, iPads and the, uh, those iPad minis and the new sleek design of the old iPads. I think uh, I've pulled the trigger. I was like, I can't uh, wait any longer for 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 freaking uh, we call it a a wireless earbud. I was looking for an Android compatible earbud, and from my the my research, I saw that most people actually prefer the Apple AirPods for their Androids comparatively to any other off-brand um, manufacturer. So did you? I know that I know I know they're on sale at a few places right now for like thirty dollars off. Did you get it for around that price, like one hundred and thirty? Right. So in my case, I guess it was easier for me to pull the trigger because I had a friend sold to me for one hundred ten dollars, and I don't know uh, how he managed to get it for cheap, but the fact that he sold to me for one hundred ten, it just made it a no brainer on my end to go out and buy and buy it for him so if you wanted to do like a uh you know what's the right price for 
an Android user to buy AirPods, maybe this, my anecdotal experience might not be the correct one because I only bought it for 110. Maybe 130 would not push someone who owns an Android to own an AirPod. Yeah, and it's funny, right? So I remember when I was first watching them be announced. I think it was at the when they were announcing the iPhone Seven, which would have been twenty late late twenty sixteen. And so when they were first mentioning it in the keynote, I was just thinking, like they were just going to be included in the iPhone Seven. And then I remember at the time when I found out, like when they announced pricing at the end, and they announced not only are they not included, but they cost one hundred and sixty or one hundred and seventy dollars. At the time, I thought it was crazy. But now that I don't know if it's because I'm earning money now or I've just understood like the value of like Bluetooth and wireless technology. But now $160 seems like a steal for them. Right. Weren't they sell, sold out on the website and on various, you know, Verizon or AT&T merchandise? Yeah, so... Uh, right yeah it was I, I mean like again like they came out sometime in late 2016 but it was almost immediately it was impossible to get it in time for Christmas um, I remember I eventually got them in around February or March of the following year but that wasn't even through the di- directly through the Apple store because they were still like eight weeks in backlog at that point um, I just happened to I'd actually tweeted out saying that I was like looking to buy a pair and just funnily enough, someone just happened to mention me on Twitter saying that, Oh, that they're in stock at Macy's. And so, yeah, somehow I got them like within a few days to buy a Macy's. Not quite sure how that happened, but yeah, I mean, ever since then, right. I, I do, I do also have a pair of um, Beats Studio threes. Um, and I kind of go in and out of phases of using one or the other. At the moment, I'm definitely in an AirPods phase. I will say one thing is that, like, around a year ago, the right AirPods stopped, stopped working. So I had to get a replacement for that. And then just a couple of weeks ago, the left AirPods stopped working. Um, and both were just out of warranty. So I did have to pay for that. But, I mean, I mean, fair enough. Apple lets you, like, pay, like, exactly half the price for one AirPod. Right. But on that note, um, I'm just have to say, like, if you are a purchaser in the market for earbuds that are Bluetooth connected, there's like this this weird thing where there's a bunch of off brand thirty dollar, you know, Bluetooth earbuds that people are hesitant to buy, even though it's so cheap, because there's no proof of quality. There's uh there's a skepticism of of whether or not if you buy it, you're just going to throw it away after like two months because it's a $30 product and you realize that the quality and the the actual build of it is, is just really crappy. So there's people who like are hesitant to buy $30 products that promise the same utility as an AirPod. So a lot of people just go out there and be like, if I'm going to buy something like a Bluetooth headset earbuds, right? I'm just going to buy the best one that has proven to work time over time by these people who review these AirPods and they give it, you know, four to five stars and they say, wow, these are so useful. I can walk onto the subway and just not worry about this 
string, you know, this uh, wire that, you know, might get caught or anything. I think that AirPods still have a lot of uh, potential to, you know, they don't have to update it to an AirPod 2 yet because there's still people out there still considering and actually might still put that one six on a two year, a two year old product. Right. Yeah. Um, and a couple of things you mentioned that remind me of like the, like some downsides, albeit like they are pretty small downsides. One I would say is that they're pretty easily overpowered if you're in like a, in a noisy environment, as in the noisy environment completely overpowers the, the music you're listening to. Or it's especially bad if you're listening to a podcast. Like sometimes when I'm standing on the platform on the subway, like I can barely hear what they're saying. Um, and then the other is the 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 noise cancellation isn't great coming from the perspective of other people around you. Some if you have them at max volume in like a quieter area, like they're pretty audible. So I was on the bus. The, I was on the bus the other week um heading to Pennsylvania and I was just listening like normal and I always assumed that they were pretty that the noise was cancelled pretty well but then all of a sudden the driver said looked at me and he's like oh can you turn that down and then just because I assumed that AirPods didn't really suffer from that problem I said oh no, no, no it's not me it's not me and he was like oh no he was like oh are you listening to Drake and I was like uh, oh yeah I am well it was Drake and Travis Scott or something but so yeah that was that sucks a little bit but those are some things which could be improved in the next gen I mean especially especially That's considering true. Apple like releases everything else almost on an annual cycle um, it's pretty impressive that they're still so good nearly two or three years old correct correct I think that's hilarious the, 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 that you were so sure that Apple made a great product. I mean, it does make a great, a great product, but you didn't know that the music actually bleeds. Right, I was right? so, I was so, you, you're I was so confident in the product that I would like just flat out said like that. There's no way it's me. That's that's an but, interesting. And, uh, and, it, and it must have been, like, it exactly. must have been bleeding that much that he was even able to tell like the specific artist I was listening to. Also. One tip if you're an Android user thinking about purchasing an AirPod is I'd say that um, you can get most of all the you know benefits out of it that an iPhone user would get if you just download you know third-party apps for you know the battery power you know in order to get the battery power that's left on it as well as change settings on your phone to um, increase the the volume to the max potential volume that iPhone users get. You would just have to go into your developments set, the, you know, your developer settings and um, set it to turn off the max volume output on your developer options. So once you do that, you pretty much have the same product that someone using an iPhone X has with AirPods. One thing I was thinking about Android is that does it still have the functionality where if you, as soon as you open the case and pick the AirPods out, like they instantly connect to Bluetooth? Yeah, so there's an app called, I mean, there's probably a dozen apps on the Google Play Store where it 
lets you turn that functionality on or off because it does take a little bit more uh, battery power if you turn it on, right? Yeah. Because it has to, like, recognize all the time whether or not you have it in your ear or not. Right, yeah. But I think, I mean, I think Bluetooth technology these days is pretty efficient. I mean, I think we're up to, like, Bluetooth 5.0 or something. Because I remember back in the day, like, I would always keep my Bluetooth off with that concern, like, battery concerns. But I'm pretty sure that, like, dormant Bluetooth is very energy efficient now, like, in and uses low power. Yeah, I think 5.0 has definitely solved some of those complaints with the battery power when it's always searching, you know, always uh, looking out for a new Bluetooth device to connect to. So you would mentioned the October 30 Apple conference recently, and it was pretty cool, actually. It was, uh, it was actually hosted in Brooklyn, like just one or two stops from where I live. So that was pretty novel. Um, and yeah, I mean, so maybe some people were disappointed that they didn't announce some things like air power didn't get any mention. AirPods didn't get a mention. Um, some, there have been talks about Apple making their own studio headphones, which would kind of be in line with like the Beats product. Um, then there was nothing on like iMacs or iMac Pro, Mac Pro, etc. But for the stuff they did announce, it was it was pretty impressive. And I think it. I think it kind of kicks off the conversation of whether the iPad Pro is at a point now where it can replace like laptops. Because in terms of its pure like processing power um, and like benchmark scores, it's it beats like many laptops, including like even the MacBook Air and some of the lower end MacBook Pros. Um, so I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think? Do you think we're at a place yet where iPad Pro could replace your laptop? I think that technology has proven to grow so fast that having something as slim, sleek, and portable as an iPad as your main, you know, driver for Photoshop, for, uh, you know, film editing, things that require high CPU performance is definitely a possibility now that you don't need a, a whole new uh, MacBook Pro. You can just use an iPad or even those surface, service books. I think uh, one of our mutual friends, Joe Kim, he was looking into a Surface uh, tablet for that very reason, for working at home and doing those main tasks that are not just you know watching YouTube, but also like using Excel, using uh, you know higher higher intensity um, software, and I think that portable tablet devices have evolved to replace the laptop. Maybe it will be more so in one year than than currently, but definitely with their new their, their new push they're definitely trying to put that into perspective and make that a reality within the next one to two years. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree. Like the hardware is impressive. I think where they stand right now is the, the, the bottleneck is really the software. I mean, I mean, iOS 12 is, is definitely impressive and they've added things recently onto like the iPad version of 
iOS, like being able to look at things in split screen, uh, the multitasking is definitely better, uh, the dock functionality, and then in terms of hardware with like the Apple Pencil and the like the keyboard cover, it's definitely getting there. Um, but like whenever you use an iPad, like there are a few things you do miss, like like being able to like look at multiple windows at once and like dragging and dropping and um, just things like that. You you do notice that you miss, and maybe you don't need them all the time, but it's just those few times that you might need it that. It's just like the killer, um, but yeah, it falls a little bit short. Yeah, yeah, but I remember, I think most analysts were saying that originally iOS twelve was meant to be a big design change, but then based on they decided to switch to just mainly focusing on bug fixing in iOS twelve. But so now there's meant to be big changes in iOS thirteen, which if it falls if it follows the normal course of events, will be announced in. June, um, and yeah, analysts seem to be saying that it's going to be an iPad-heavy focused event, and of course they announced like individual apps, like this new, like the full version of Photoshop is going to be coming to iPad. So, and that will be again later in 2019. So that will be interesting to see. But I would say the biggest gripe I have with these tablets wouldn't be just like let's say alt tabbing or control tabbing, switching between windows. I wouldn't say that's the biggest gripe I have. Although, yeah, you, you mentioned that it's not the best, but it's still doable, right? Or even just click drag right. and like make it a, a split screen by just clicking and dragging. I'm thinking that's not a hard thing to fix. That's because it's software-based, right. right? So if you get some developers to focus on that, that can be fixed easily. If someone like control tabs more you know, efficiently or whatever, um, the, my main issue is was one thing that they probably will take longer to fix is just the the ease of use, the ergonomics of it. You notice that Surface and iPads they have these things with that magnet, you know, there are magnet magnets, and you have to connect this keyboard to it. My biggest gripe is that these keyboards are so tiny and they have like this very, very thin, um, very thin keys that you push down on that have no real haptic feedback. It feels like you're typing on a piece of like plastically, like plastic uh, thing that can break right easily. If you just like hook it onto some like a piece of string and pull out the key, it can break so easily and you have to replace the whole thing. I feel like ergonomically typing on those keyboards doesn't make it very like uh, fast. You can't type as fast on it because you might like overreach, you know. Or even their their mice. The mice that that the Surface Book has released is something where you can bend and turn it into a shape of a mouse, uh, or keep it keep it the shape of like a flat rectangle. Have you have you seen those uh, Surface uh, m- mice that they've created? Yeah, I've seen them, and I think generally with the keyboards, I, I agree. I mean, I've only ever really tried, like, the Apple iPad keyboard in store, and even after just, like, a couple minutes of use, like, it just feels more like a novelty than something you could really be productive on. Um, and also, like, this, it's, like, it, yeah, it's great. Like, this iPad Pro hardware is getting on par with, like, some of the laptops, 
but like we shouldn't be fooled that it comes at like a high price. So I even though like the headline price like starting at seven ninety nine dollars, yes that is low, but at that price you get only like sixty four gigs of storage. Um, it's Wi Fi only. You don't get the pencil or the keyboard with that. So at that point, it's just it's not much more use than like the even like the three hundred dollar iPad. Like you can even max it out if you get the thirteen inch one, one terabyte storage, um, with cellular capability. Like and if you add the 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 Apple pencil and the keyboard, it ends up being like a little over like two thousand dollars. So the base model, it's it's a good headline price, but it doesn't really get you what you need. All right. So there, we could like, like we said, there's a lot of potential in these uh, portable devices. Just these hardware issues and software issues that can be easily fixed. But overall, I think that this is an interesting time for the uh, tablet industry. Yeah, and so, so with the iPad Pro being announced, like I was, I was considering getting one. I mean, I'm kind of guilty, especially this past year or two of just wanting to get any new Apple product that comes out, even if I've got a perfectly good current model. Um, but it just got me thinking. And then I actually ended up selling my MacBook Pro, not to get an iPad Pro though. Um, I haven't bought one yet, but I'm thinking of going for the Mac Mini. And that's the thing, like the, the Apple Mac lineup is kind of confusing nowadays. Even though I'm like very into Apple, like I feel like I've only really just like grasped the entire lineup because You've got so they you've got the recently announced MacBook Air, which isn't really much different to the lowest end MacBook Pro, um, the non touch bar one, 13 inch. But then you have so you had the MacBook Pro without touch bar, the MacBook Pro with touch bar. Then you have the Mac Mini, which is it comes with zero peripherals, so it doesn't have a monitor, keyboard, um, mouse. It's purely to just add to an existing setup but it's able to output like 5K. So assuming you have all the peripherals already, it's a good option. And then you have the Mac Pro, which is also like a standalone tower, like, but with just higher specs. Um, and then of course you have the iMac, like the classic, which, which is like the unibody display. And then the iMac Pro, which again, it's just the iMac, but on steroids basically. But I feel like the average consumer probably gets pretty confused by this lineup um and they're kind of trying to fit new products into like already narrow spaces which is kind of interesting um do you have any mac products derek i actually don't but my uh sister does she actually uses the latest laptop with the one with the touch bar yeah has she has she has right. she found much use for the touch bar um, not really. She does editing, but she just uses, you know, the mouse and the general, the general setup, the, the traditional setup. But overall, one of my confusing thoughts is with the Mac Mini, it's literally the, the new descendant of the the cylinder. Is that, was that called the iMac or that cylinder computer? No, so the the cylinder, like the trash can looking thing, 
is <laughs> yes still still exists. So that's called the Mac Pro, uh, and they just released right. they just released a new version this year or maybe the end of last year. But that's like for serious stuff. I think just off the top of my head, I mean it it starts at at least a few thousand dollars. Um, so that's more for anyone like I guess video editing, especially um, maybe some intensive like photo editing. Alright, so Leah, have you heard about this PC Master Race subreddit on um, where there are a bunch of people really dislike the Apple Mac products, mainly because they believe that the personal computer or the PC with Windows, they have a lot more options as to upgrading and creating slash building their own desktops. Um, you can put in the best graphics cards from NVIDIA or AMD, as much RAM as you want, you know, 32 gigabytes, 64 gigabytes even. Whereas if you buy a Mac Mini, you're literally shooting yourself in the foot and having to use this main driver for the next three to five years with the same specs. Whereas in the future, you're going to have software that requires more RAM or a better CPU, and you can't upgrade. You'd have to buy a whole new uh, product from Apple that they'll sell to you for another thousand. Well, let, let me make one correction there and try and defend Apple a bit. To its credit, with this Mac Mini, they you, you are actually able to upgrade the RAM. But yes, it is just limited to the RAM. And you're able to do it without voiding the warranty as well. Um, and they do suggest that you get it done by like an authorized Apple technician, but there's nothing stopping you from doing it yourself. Um, I started watching a few videos actually just to get the idea. And it's upgradable to 64 gigabytes. Um, and so the thing with the, the Mac Mini as well is that it has so many like IOs, like uh, so there, there are so many peripherals you can attach to it. And remember, like, yes, you are stuck with like a dedicated GPU in it. However, like, obviously, as I'm sure you're aware, like now you can buy like uh, external GPUs, which are compatible with the Mac mini. Um, but the one thing I would say you are stuck with is the processor. Um, but like, as one of the Mac minis on offer is like an Intel i3 8th gen. So even the i3s are still good enough. So like if you maybe went for an i7, like it could still be good for like years into the future. And at the end of the day, like you're probably never going to hold on to one piece of technology for more than a few years. So even though it is tempting sometimes to like buy something that you think is completely future proof, in reality, you're probably going to sell it on in just a few years. So that's your initial thoughts on you purchase, purchasing the Mac Mini. Yeah, so I mean, so the base model has it has like an i3, 8 gigs of RAM, and only 128 gigs of storage. Um, but some of the upgrades you can do, like you can upgrade to an i7 for around 300 bucks, um, which I think is probably like the first thing which someone should upgrade if they're considering it. But yeah, uh, with that being said, 
I think I'm going to go take a look now. Um, but thanks for listening to the two of us ramble on. Um, and thanks to Discord for providing this great app for which we could record it. Um, see you guys in the next one. Is Anchor. But <laughs> yes, thank you, Anchor. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, guys. Thanks for listening. See you on the next session. Bye.